Hi and welcome to The Inner Work, the podcast with me, Steve Barker. Let's explore and unpack the inner workings of our subconscious and conscious minds, where we will dive deep into our inner world, where we will create space by giving ourselves permission to press the pause button on life. Let's share this journey together as we discover what makes us tick, seeking out new perspective, insights and strategies that will make our lives easier and our relationships even more meaningful and fulfilling. Join me now as we journey through the amazing world of human behavior. Let's bring some curiosity, wonderment, and a massive dose of fun and unlock our hidden potential for exploring this inner work. G'day and welcome to this podcast with me, Steve Barker. How are you? I hope that wherever you are in the world, whatever you're up to, life is treating you well and you are staying safe. Now, I want to jump straight into the topic. We're going to be talking about fear today because fear is something that I see is cropping up in a lot of my clients. There's always this subconscious fear, almost unconscious fear that holds us back. And as human beings, it's one of the primal uh, responses that we have as a human being. You know, one of the things is that I, I believe that fear breeds more fear. When we're fearful of something, we start to internalize it and it breeds more fear. Fear has the ability to grow and exaggerate itself. It's one of those things that, you know, we, it can almost become a, um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. One of the other things that I've started to notice is that fear can paralyze us. It can hold us still. We will go into the fight, flight or freeze mode. Now, fight, flight or freeze... There's three elements to that, and many people know the fight or fl- uh, fight or flight response, but not many people hear of the freeze. Well, the freeze is where we become paralyzed because we're fearful of taking an action. We're fearful of doing something wrong. Now, imagine. Let's go back to caveman days. There we are out hunting, and there's a rustle in the bushes, and all of a si- sudden, a saber-toothed tiger appears. What do we do? Do we run away? Do we try to fight the saber-toothed tiger? Or do we just stay really still and hope that the saber-toothed tiger doesn't see us? You know, those are the three responses, fight, flight, or freeze. And this is where fear can paralyze us. Bring that forward to the modern day world. If we're fearful of something, then sometimes we don't take action. We procrastinate. Procrastination is a way of bringing certainty to uncertainty. Because when we procrastinate, we're not actually doing anything. We're just thinking or worrying about it. Fear can also cause us to become distracted. We start to possibly look for other things that we can do rather than take do the thing that we're fearful of. So we will become distracted. And distraction appears in so many different ways within our thinking. You know, very often... I've become distracted and I haven't realized that it's a a subconscious fear that's driving that distraction. And I'll find myself two or three weeks further down the chain, you know, thinking, well, why haven't I done this yet? Why do I keep putting it off? And it's because I'm fearful. So to overcome fear, we need to be able to work out five things. Sorry, three things. Sorry, I've got my notes here and there's just lots so so many notes I can't can't remember them all, but there's three three major elements to fear. 
first of all, we've got to be able to discover the foundation of fear. What's, what, what's the fear about? Where is it coming from? Because in my research around fear, one of the things that's become abundantly clear is that fear is based around feelings, not facts. Fear is unique to us as individuals. We will create our own version of reality based upon many different filters that we use. Some of them being past experiences, memories, values, beliefs, um, things that we've, we've repeatedly done over and over again so they become a habit. Fears are based on feelings. They're not facts. And the University of Michigan did a, a study on this. And this is what they came up to. They did a study on fear in relationship to reality. And these were their findings. And when I, when I came across this, I was like, wow, that, that's, <laughs> that's quite interesting. So here's the, here's the figures on it. 60% of fear is totally unwarranted because it will never happen. This is their findings, the University of Michigan. 60% of fear is totally unwarranted because it will never happen. 20% of fear comes from things that have happened to us in the past. And again, we can't do anything about the past. The past has happened. You know, I'll, I'll share with you one of my fears. One of my fears, and this is a well-known fear, if you, if you know me well or you listen to my stuff before, you'll often hear me talk about the fear of heights. When I was, and I worked out where it came from. When I was a very young fella, Back in the 1970s, I know it wasn't that long ago, you know, and I know I look younger than that. <laughs> when I was about seven years old, we were doing a, um, a, a an obstacle course at school as part of our, our PE lesson, physical education. And this was in the days before, you know, safety mats and crash mats and all of this sort of stuff. And they, I don't know if you ever came across them, but they had these climbing bars that were attached to the hall wall. They used to be pulled out and would be um, attached to the floor with a bolt at the bottom. Now, they were highly unstable because they were very stable at the bottom where they were bolted to the floor. But at the top, they would wave around like bilio. And I remember as I was climbing over, I reached out to grab the, um, the rung of the, the climbing frame. And as I reached out, the, the, the climbing frame was wavering so much at the top that the, the rung moved away from my hand and my hand missed. And I just remember falling backwards. The next thing I woke up in the school nurse's office, uh, I'd been knocked unconscious because I fell onto this, this solid wooden concrete floor and knocked myself clean out. Now, I had concussion for a couple of days after that. But back in those days, you didn't go to hospital for concussion. <laughs> the nurse went, oh, I think he'll be all right. He just feels a bit dizzy at the moment. Yeah, fair dinkum. I was not very well for a couple of days. That's where my fear came from. Now, my fear of heights is still with me You know, over 45 years later. Well, probably less than 45. Let's go 40. Uh, what would it be? 44 years later. <laughs> and um, why? Because of something that happened in the past. So that's that's that 20 percent. It's in the past. So we're still on that University of Michigan fear in relation to to reality. So 10% are so small, our fears are so small that they can't make any difference to us at all. You know, we've got minor fears, so we can't really make any difference to us at all. And from the remaining 10%, only 4 to 5% have any substantial chance of happening. So out of all of the fears, we're down to 4 or 5% have 
any realistic chance of happening. Now, if that's the case, it means we can throw away 94 to 95, sorry, 96, my, my maths is terrible, 96 to 95% of our fears we can throw away. So again, what we've got to be able to do is to discover the foundation of fear. If our fears are based on feelings and not facts, and we've just discovered through the, the, the University of Michigan's uh, paper that only four to five four to five percent of our fears are actually got any chance of coming to reality, then we can start to to look at that and discover the foundation of our fear. Now there's another primal way of looking at our fears, and that's free through the, the three universal fears of life. Now we have three universal fears. Every single human being on the planet has these. It's just that not many of us are aware of them. So the, thir the first fear is the fear of being judged or being seen as a fake or a fraud. Nobody likes to be judged. We're very fearful of being judged. And the ego, which is, its, is our safety mechanism, will try its utmost to ensure that we are not judged. And this is why we like to know lots of information. This is why we like to look good. This is like why we like to be able to uh, blend in. This is why we justify when we get something wrong, because we don't want to be judged. Because if we're judged, it leads to the second universal fear. And the second universal fear is the fear of becoming disconnected. Now, this ties in with another model of human behavior called the six core needs. Now, one of the core needs that we have is to be connected with other human beings. We are social animals. We are herd animals, which means we like to be around each other. We're like monkeys and horses and dolphins. We like to be around our own species. Because if we're judged and we're seen as a faker or a fraud, let me ask you this. Have you ever judged anybody or seen them as a faker or a fraud? And if so, what was your reaction? Did you want to be closer to them? Did you want to get to know them better? Or did you want to move away from them? Did you want to distance yourself from that person? I would suggest it's the latter. You wanted to distance yourself. You wanted to move away from that person. Why? Because you can't trust them. So this is the fear of being judged. If we get judged, maybe we're going to be found wanting, which means we're not going to be trustable, which means that nobody's going to want to hang around with us, which is the second universal fear, which leads to the third and final universal fear, which is the fear of not being lovable or being loved. Now, we don't want to be loved by everybody, but we want to be loved by significant people in our life, in our circle of friends, in our circle of influence. So these three universal fears all play out and they follow that pattern, the fear of being judged, because if we're judged, we're not going to fit in. We're going to become disconnected. And if we become disconnected, how can we ever be loved by anybody? Because nobody's connecting with us. So if we can start to discover the foundation of fear, this will help us to overcome fear to stop the breeding of fear, to stop the fear from getting exaggerated and, and taken out of concept. The other way that we can start to look at fear is to accept that fear leads us to growth. Fear is the pathway to growth. For embracing our fear, we will grow through our th fear. Have you ever been 
frightened of something and then you've done it. And then afterwards, you're kind of like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that, that was all right, actually. I quite enjoyed it. Because this is an example that happens day in, day out for many, many people all around the globe. They embrace their fear. They get the facts rather than the feelings. I'll give you another example of my fear of heights. Recently, I was down in Adelaide and one of the, the teams that I was coaching were having a team building experience. And they said, Steve, we're going to climb and go over the Adelaide Oval roof and you will get to dangle off the roof and lean out over 50 metres above the Adelaide Oval. And I was like, yeah, cool. Internally, my head's going, what the? Why would I want to do that? You know, my fear is kicking in. My feelings are kicking in. And I, I had to give them an answer. They said, yeah, are you going to do this with us? And I was like, I've, I've got to say yes, because I'm their coach. You know, here I am <laughs> spouting all of this, this stuff. And if, I, if they say to me, hey, Steve, why are you down on the ground and we're up here? And I'll be like, well, you know, because I'm scared of heights. And they said, yeah, but you can you, you can move through your fear. You can embrace your fear and grow through it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but not this one. <laughs> so I said, yes. But what did I do to build myself up ready to do that experience? I went on the website and I Googled the safety record of the Adelaide Roof Oval walk. Has anybody ever fallen off the, the, the roof? Has anybody died? No, nobody has. How long has it been going? It had been going about four or five years. Um, you know, is, is it safe? Yes, 100% safe. And I looked at the equipment and I, I, I read the training that these guys get to be able to do it. And I, I thought, yep, I can put my faith in the equipment. I even put my faith in the team that I was training. And I said to them, and this was a bit of vulnerability, and I said, hey, guys, look, I'm really scared of heights. Can you can you just check in on me and, and keep an eye on me and, and, and encourage me when I'm up on the roof? Because I will be scared. And they, they did. And again, what they saw is, is somebody who's petrified. We got to the very top of the roof and there's an opportunity to lean out over the oval. And I did it. I only did it for a couple of seconds, but I did it. Why? Because I was focusing on the facts, not my emotions. So if we can accept that fear leads us to growth, because if we can grow through the fear, if we can in embrace the fear and have a go and work out how to get past that fear, then we become more courageous. We, we, we grow our, our confidence in ourselves. We, we, we start to in, embrace the possibility of doing things that we always thought were beyond us. And that's what I think fear is. It's, it's the possibility of getting it wrong or doing things that are beyond our capacity. We're very capable as a race, as a human being, to be able to do all manner of things. It's our feelings that get in the way. The third part of being able to embrace the fear and to move through the fear is to focus on what we can control. Now, what I mean by this is what can we actually control in our life? Because there's certain things that we can control and there's certain things that we can't control. And we need to be able to know the difference. And when we're clear on the difference, that's when we can start to do something about it. So by being able to focus in on what it is that we're fearful about will help us to be able to deal with what it is that's coming up. Now, there's a phrase and it's called feed the right emotion and starve the wrong emotion. because 
the emotion that we feed over and over again will be an emotion that will win. The emotion that becomes the dominant emotion. Now, there's an old fable around this, and it comes from uh, it comes from the indigenous population of America, the the Indians, I, I believe. And the story goes like this: An old man told his grandson, "My son, there's a battle between two wolves inside of us all. One is evil." It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy and truth. And the boy looked at his grandfather and he said, Grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather replied, The one that you feed the most. And... When I read that, I was like, wow, that's so true. What a, what a, a, a great analogy. Because emotion is a fear. Sorry, rewind. Fear is an emotion. <laughs> Get my words muddled up every now and then. So if fear is an emotion, we can choose which one we're going to feed. And if we... Whichever emotion we feed will become the dominant emotion. And this, this applies in all emotions. You know, one of the things that I do a lot with my clients is we do a lot of emotional work. We work around emotion. What is emotion? Being able to understand emotion. How does it appear in our lives? How does it impact us? And what this does in its, in its own right is it grows our emotional fitness, our emotional resilience, our emotional... Um, flexibility we can then start to experience all emotion and we have no fear around it but one of the things that i noticed within myself when i read that 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 analogy about the two wolves and it said which emotion you feed is the emotion that will grow it reminded me of when i was really struggling with my post-traumatic stress disorder and one of the things that I really noticed was that I was feeding my anxiety. I was feeding my depression. I was feeding my anger and frustration. And that in turn was creating the reality. And it's the same with fear. If you feed the emotion of fear, the fear will grow and exaggerate within itself. It will start to breed more fear. So by being able to understand that fear is an emotion, we can then start to work out how we can move through that emotion. And we have an emotion is a stirring of energy. It's the simplest way to be able to describe it. We can get into the into into the physics of it, where it becomes a stirring of energy within us that. Um, it's all about the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland and the neuropeptides that are released and all of that level, because that's what's happening when we have an emotion. We have a chemical change within our body. But that's way too deep for this podcast. If we just understand that we have a, a stirring of energy within us and as such, we need to allow the emotional dust to settle, the emotional energy to settle down. And that's going to take time. If we can come up with a process, which is what I go through my clients with about being able to understand emotion, a simple four stage process to be able to 
move through emotion and to recognize it, then that emotion starts to discharge. And this is the same with fear, because fear is an emotion. So just to sum up, there's three things that we can do to help us move through our fears. Number one, we can discover the foundation of fear. Remember, fear are based on feelings, not facts. Our fears are based on our feelings. If we can understand that, then, you know, if we go back to the University of Michigan, I'll quickly give you a run through of those scores on the doors again. 60% of fear is totally unwarranted and will never happen. 20% of our fears are in the past and have already happened, so they can't impact us again. 10% are so small that they cannot make a difference at all, which means the remaining 10%, only 4 to 5% can actually impact us and have some sort of chance of becoming reality. So being able to discover the foundation of fear, understand that it's feeling-based, not fact, understanding the three universal fears, the fear of being seen as a fake or a fraud, the fear of becoming disconnected, and then the fear of not being loved. If we can then understand all of that, that will enable us to be able to accept the fear and understand that we grow through fear, to embrace the fear and move through it, to work out how to get to the other side. We will learn how to grow, and we've already done it numerous times in our life. It's just that sometimes the fear, in some cases, can paralyze us, as I said right at the very start. And then what we need to be able to do is focus on what we can control. We need to be able to feed the right emotion. Remember the story of the wolf? And I'll just remind you of the story of the wolf because it's such a beautiful story. An old man told his grandson, My son, there is a battle between two wolves inside of us. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, inferiority, lies and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, humility, kindness, empathy and truth. And the boy asked his grandfather, Grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather responded, The wolf that you feed the most. So remember, fear is an emotion. And if we feed the emotion of fear, it will grow and devour us. So be mindful, and this goes with any emotion, be mindful which emotion you feed the most because that will be the emotion that dominates us. So look, I hope that this podcast has given you some insights around fear, how we can move through fear, how we can embrace fear. Because sometimes, as I say, Fear can really paralyze us. It can lead us to cause it can lead us to distraction and cause us to become distracted from our main task. And even more than that, breed more fear within ourselves. So look, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that it's it's maybe given you some insights and some inspirations. If you have enjoyed the content, I'd love for you to go on and share this podcast with other people. If you've got anything that you would like to share about fear, your experience of fear, or ways that you overcome fear, jump on the platform that you're listening to this upon and share your experiences, share your comments. Because the more that we can talk about fear, the more we can normalize fear, the more we can move through it. So let's be the catalyst for change. All right, wherever you are in the world, until we chat again, stay safe and look after yourself. Tiro.
Thank you for joining me and taking the time to listen to this episode of The Inner Work, the podcast. I trust you found this enjoyable, interesting and thought-provoking. The next step is to bring your conscious awareness to this new perspective and way of thinking and then apply it to your day-to-day life. As you listen to more Inner Work podcasts and apply them, you will notice subtle yet powerful things changing in your life. If you're already noticing this, I would really encourage you to share these podcasts with your friends and family so that they too may start the journey of the inner work. Please subscribe to these podcasts so that you don't miss out on the next episodes. And whatever platform you're listening to them on, please either leave a review or pop onto my Facebook page, I Am Enough Coaching, and share your experiences. Until the next episode, wherever you are in the world, take care and keep doing the inner work. Toodaloo! Thank you.